welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, Juan DePuma. God damn, it's been a long time. Yes, it's back. It's been a long time. Back again. Back from bye week. We are back, people, with another episode, episode number 37 of the Pro Football Radio Podcast. As usual, we will boost you for a quick second, and then we will get right into the big storylines that came out of week 11. Uh, We will talk about Colin Kaepernick and his sham of a fucking workout. We will talk about the Raiders. We will talk about a Dolphins board that the Puma visited. Yep. Uh, we will also talk about Miles Garrett and then the Patriots update as a weekly staple. Look at that. My brother, man, how are you? We are back finally from a week off. And I tell you what, I am so excited to you be back. You were feeling itchy. I you was were feeling itchy. itchy. Around Thursday, I was like, I got nobody to talk to. I need to spit some shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you called me. You called me. You were like, you saying like, yo, I was in the Google Doc. And I was putting notes in there. And I was like, damn, we don't have an episode to talk about. Yeah, dude, so I got in like the weekly routine of like getting into the Google Doc and like putting down my notes. And obviously we have a shared document that both myself and Depuma work off of. And I'm like, wait a minute. I don't need to put anything in this week. You know? Right. Um, but no, we were away last week. I was down in Miami for some work, and uh, the Puma was down in the Caribbean for work as well. Yep, down How for was work. Your, how was your trip down there, man? It was good. It was uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. We flew on JetBlue. Oh, sorry, of- before we get to that, I want to just give a quick shout-out to my boys in the California office. They've been hounding me. I want to give a quick shout-out to my boy Mikey P. Hammer Time. Hammer Time! Aaron, the Vikings fan. The Viking fan. Dan Harris, who's on the board as well nowadays. Dan Harris, who vouched. For some, you know, some little South Beach action. Thank you, thank you, Dan, Dan Harris. You gave the me, man. You gave me a lot of credibility, and then my boy Kevin Martinez as well, who's on the. Uh, oh, the Kev. Trans. Kevin he, Martinez. He yeah. got. He, he got a team. So Kevin Martinez is a, a Patriots fan. Uh, look at that. So yeah, big fan. Okay. All right. Now, how was your trip? <laughs> I'm down? just kidding, Kevin. I'm just kidding. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, Kev. How was your trip down to the Caribbean? It was good. So a colleague of mine, uh, Kelly, and I, we went down. uh, We flew out of Bradley down to San Juan, and our flight was delayed about an hour because they had to clear, like, a fuel computer issue. Like, they they knew the fucking tanks were full, but they were getting, like, an error notification on the computer. We sat on the plane for, like, 30, 45 minutes. We deplaned. They cleared the computer. They restarted it. Then we were able to get back on. The flight was fine. We got down to San Juan, and we uh, we weren't able to make our connecting flight to go to St. Bart. So we stayed the night in old San Juan, hung out with the pilot and his fiance Max and Emma. Th- th- those guys are a great time. It was a great time hanging out with them in old San Juan and then meeting the team down in San Juan Operations. Uh, my boy Eduardo, the big boss man, Tony. Uh, they were great, super hospitable. Uh, I learned a lot from what we do down there, uh, but Old San Juan's a blast. Did yeah. A little bit of bar hopping, and then went yeah. down to St. Bart's. The, the ocean water that was like a screensaver esque water kind of deal. Yeah. Um, I was blown away. Every everything yeah. was amazing. Uh, TSA is a joke Why in San Juan only that? because you know we had a flight that was delayed. We were supposed to go from St. Bart's to San Juan at like eleven fifteen, eleven thirty, yeah. but this GA aircraft, the General Aviation aircraft. Uh, landed in St. Bart's, yeah. but landed long, and they were too proud to go around, oh. so they they got beached on the fucking oh, the no beach. Way. So for serious? those of you for those of you that don't know, St. Bart's is an island in the Caribbean, and the runway is like eighteen hundred feet. It's the size of a shoebox, and if you don't do the landing the right way, you're going to go 
on the beach that's just on the other end of the runway. To give you some context into what he means, you essentially have to start landing like half a mile back. Yep. <laughs> you have to land on a hill almost going into St. Bart's. Pretty much. Uh, YouTube it. St. Bart's. It's insane. S-T-B-A-R-T-H-S. St. Bart's. Dude, so... So I'm sorry, go ahead. So this guy, he got beached. Lucky enough, he didn't pop a tire, so they're able to tow him out of there. But they had to haul ass and get us out of there to make our connecting flight. And then TSA, they only had one line open, okay? One TSA agent, yeah. one belt, and one x-ray scan. Really? It took us like 45 minutes to make it from the back of the line all the way to the front. And by the time we got to the front, that's when they opened up all the lanes. And we almost missed our flight back to Bradley, but the flight had like an air conditioning issue, so they were delayed leaving. Otherwise, we might have stayed an extra night in San Juan, or we would have had to go into JFK and all this other stuff. I wouldn't have complained if we stayed an extra night, because San Juan was a blast. But it was... It was pretty fun. It was kind of crazy towards the end, but it was a fun experience overall. Well, uh, you mentioned TSA, right? And um, this last time, so this uh, this trip that I went to last week for work, um, it was the first time that I got to use my TSA pre. Oh, look at that. I've never, I've, I've always had to, you know, just go through the regular line and with my middle name being Muhammad. My, I was going to say, were you my, still the victim of a random bag well, check? Well, here's the thing though, right? So like, oh, God. I tell you what, it is like the most empowering feeling of all time just walking through TSA pre, right? Because like, like I said, I, I, my middle name is Muhammad. My parents are from Pakistan. So anytime I go to a, I, anytime, anytime I go to TSA and I try to fly anywhere, like I, there's a good chance somebody's going to be touching me. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not in a good way either, right? <laughs> So I, I felt so empowered. I was like, is this what white privilege is all about? Just walking through the oh airport? My God. Just walking through the fucking airport, cocky and shit. Like, yeah, here's my fucking boarding pass. TSA pre. I'm walking through, motherfucker. It yep. was awesome. It was wow. great. I didn't take off my shoes. I didn't take off my belt. I literally just walked by. They didn't, take, they didn't have me take off my watch or anything. They were like, oh, yeah. So you're what did you just wave? Uh, essentially, you just walk through, and they just they they have you scan they scan your bags and stuff, obviously. Yeah. Um, but like they don't t- they don't have you take out your laptops and your computers and all that shit. They just scan it. If nothing kind of comes back, you just you just walk through. And you're like, all right, I'm on the plane. Okay. It was fucking awesome because like obviously going out of white plane is smaller airport, so it didn't matter there. But coming back when I was coming out of Fort Myers, um, <clears throat> dude, like I had a 11:20 flight. I left a meeting, uh, 40 minutes away at 9:40. Right, and I got in around like ten, like forty ish, ten thirty ish, right? Um, and I still made my eleven twenty easy by going parking, getting to TSA, and getting to the gate. What time to spare? It's fucking awesome, dude. I loved it so much. That works, but showing up to uh, Foxborough almost cost you a kickoff. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> I know, I know. I do play it, uh, play it. but no, it was a good week, man. It was nice. Uh, I mean, it sucked that we didn't do a podcast, but it was nice to be away down. I was down in Miami for some work and stuff, and I tell you what, this is the first time I've been to Miami. Um, obviously, I've been to like West Palm Beach or Naples, but but Miami is a complete different animal, man. No like, shit. It's, uh, it's like. And I was telling one of the guys that I went down with, like, anytime I went anywhere, whether it was a Starbucks or the gas station or the hotel, they just had, like, that nightclub disco music playing in the background. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm ordering a coffee at, like, 1 p.m., and there's, like, like, the Miami anthem in the background. No doubt. No doubt. Welcome to South Beach. I know, but it's a fun city down there, man. It's good stuff, you know? Yes, sir. Yeah, so... Other than that, how's everything else with you, man? It was good. Yeah. It was good. Uh celebrated my birthday this weekend. Dude, happy birthday the to big, the Puma. The big three one. That was oh, a good my. time. We'll get into that. It's one of the points I want to talk about in week eleven. So yeah. we'll save that for that. But no, it was a good time. 
It's so, a good time. It was. I was get feeling a little itchy too. So I'm glad we're back in the saddle and getting this game I stuff know. over. And with. I think from here on out until the end of the Super Bowl, we probably will have an episode every week, right? Yeah, now, yeah. With some last there. minute work yeah. nonsense because we still got to find a way to pay the bills around here. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll be here. I think for the most part, we're gonna have a. We're gonna try to have a podcast every week until. Until the Super Bowl comes back around. And then we're actually toying with the idea in the offseason of doing an alternating podcast. So one week will be NFL, the Pro Football Radio podcast. And another week, you'll be just myself and the Puma talking about some random shit. We'll talk about anything. Right? Yep. Like the Joe Rogan experience out here. Oh, snap. So give us some feedback if you guys want to hear that. It's just myself and the Puma talking about whatever. And we'll just talk about cars, sports, whatever the fuck you guys oh, want to talk OJ's about. Oh, it's OJ's fault. Not, not today. Not, not today, Puma. Not today. <laughs> Called him out on Twitter. It was great. <laughs> Dude, I saw that. I was like, that's that's very brave of you. I'm bro. just saying. I'm, yeah, we'll get into that with the with yeah. your storylines, too. All right. So let's get into today's storylines. And um, the week 11, week 11 was an interesting week for me. I had three storylines. And two of the storylines have nothing to do with the X's and O's on the field, right? Um, the first one being the Colin Kaepernick situation. Um, the second one being Miles Garrett. And the third one being the Patriots and uh, and their win over the Eagles. I know Colin Kaepernick is one of your storylines as well. Yep. Um, so I will turn it over to you real quick and have you lay the, the groundwork of the timeline of what happened. Do you have that information? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's really kind of brief because the whole the way everything came about was pretty brief. So for those of you that haven't been following... Uh, Colin Kaepernick, it seemed out of the blue, I want to say last Monday or Tuesday, the NFL uh, reached out to his representatives, his agent, and said, listen, we're thinking about, we're going to have this essentially a pro day style workout at the Atlanta Falcons facility. You know, we're going to, we're going to have scouts from teams and, and, you know, general managers or higher ups involved in other NFL clubs come down and watch Colin, work out, go, go through some throwing drills, go through some agility drills, like anything you would see in a typical pro day, and then do interviews with, uh, you know, with club members. We're going to get this on videotape. And then for those teams, uh, those teams that aren't on, uh, on site at this facility, they would distribute the information, the transcripts, the video to these other clubs. And if they wanted to sign you, they're, they're more than welcome to sign you to their roster. But the caveat was they had two hours to accept or decline this option. Colin Kaepernick's uh, camp, they accepted it. That was on a Monday, like I said, Monday or Tuesday. Wednesday, they get this waiver form from the NFL that we're going to be getting into later on. Uh, they get this waiver form. They don't do anything with it. They hold on to this. Saturday, the workout comes. Everybody comes down to Atlanta. Hugh Jackson's going to be leading this workout. Former Dolphins head coach Joe Philbin is going to be assisting with some of the drills. And at the last minute, there was a, a flip of the script. They uh, they being Colin Kaepernick's uh, camp, they changed the venue of the workout. 25 minutes before the schedule yep. start. 25 minutes before. Yep. The, they changed it. They changed the venue. They came out with a statement on Twitter explaining why they decided to change the venue. They wanted to have, quote, transparency of the whole process. Okay. And the NFL, they didn't find out from the representatives beforehand. They found out through Twitter. Next thing you know, this got moved to an hour away at a local high school. They go through some throwing drills, about 60 scripted throws, and no, no interview, no agility drills, just you know, strictly scripted throwing uh, game time, air quote game time situation stuff. And it was broadcasted 
live on YouTube by a local uh, Atlanta uh, news agency. Well, that was part of his issue as well, right? He didn't want he didn't want he wanted his stuff to be broadcasted, right? But the NFL doesn't allow that, right? Like they wanted it to be taped. The NFL they did they wouldn't let them tape it, but they funny enough they wouldn't let them tape it, but they would let Nike record. Some of the stuff, but then Nike came out and said they weren't even going to have a camera crew there. But needless to say, Colin Kaepernick streamed this live on YouTube like any other random person that wants to try to make a name for themselves on YouTube. And that's no shade against him, but that's just a fact. He lumped himself in with people that try to get their name out there in sports on YouTube. And he came out with a, a couple of interesting statements. He called out the the NFL. He called out the uh, the ownership. He called Roger Goodell out, saying you need to stop being scared, essentially. Yeah. He showed up for a workout with a Kunta Kinte t-shirt. Bad, bad look. Uh, th- this was just a whole thing. And real quick on my end, because during this bye week of ours, you know, Jay and I, we were messaging back and forth and – I would exchange a DM with him being like, hey, this is what I saw on Twitter. He would show me something. And every step of the way, almost every time I would say, this is a sham. This is a giant sham. This is a this is a fake. Like This is a giant work, like WWE style. This is a sham of a workout pro day thing. But that was just strictly at the NFL. But with what Kaepernick did on his end, it just made the whole thing a giant joke. The, the NFL on their end, like I said, looked like a sham. Colin Kaepernick, in my opinion, I can get into that a little bit more, looked more like a PR stunt in the words of Stephen A. Smith. He wanted to martyr himself and try to keep the platform of, you know, I'm being oppressed, but I have 20 plus teams that are willing to watch me, but I'm going to move and only have eight of them look at me. It was just a giant cluster of a situation on both sides that, I don't think anybody, I mean, if you had to look, if you had to guess, in my opinion, I think Colin Kaepernick was the biggest loser out of this whole situation. Yep, he let the NFL off the hook. He mm-hmm. let the NFL off the hook, right? Uh, because, like, we saw the tape, yeah. right? It's nothing that we didn't know. Like, his arm was still there. He could still move. Like, it's nothing that we didn't know already. It was just the eye test of can you, can you not conform, but, like, you're essentially going to be a backup. Yeah. The backup quarterback makes zero noise. Yep. It's not and a you distraction. You make the most noise on Saturday. Right. You're not going to make a make noise. You're not going to be a distraction. Can you fill that need? Can you fill that role of being the guy that's willing to not be in the spotlight on the roster? And he completely he he played into the NFL's hands, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You good? You good? Yeah. All right. So let me let me start with this. I, I have quite a bit of thoughts on this, and uh, this is um, something that. Uh, kind of triggered me. Kind of, I, I don't know why, but it really made me. Um, I don't know why it got me angry. I, whatever. Well, let me get into this, right? So let me start with this. I believe in Colin Kaepernick, right? I, I, I believe that what he's doing uh, has a bigger um, impact than football, right? Same. I, I, I hope he makes a dent, right, uh, in the bigger issue of social injustice. Um, but the decisions he made on Saturday have made me actively root against Kaepernick never stepping in the NFL again. That's how much I hated what he did on Saturday. I am convinced Cap is more interested in being a social media icon than an NFL star nowadays. With 25 teams in attendance ready to watch you, Cap decides to no-show the NFL one hour prior to his workout. I'm sorry, 30 minutes prior to his workout. Yep. And he moves the workout to a high school field 60 minutes away, right? That takes 
I don't know. Uh, I mean, fucking Atlanta traffic, 60 minutes is without, without traffic. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How long will it take for you to get down there? The man literally did not show up to a job interview. And why? Let's ask why. Why did he not show up? And I think from what I understand, and reading online, maybe I have this wrong, the, the waiver is one of those issues. Oh, the goddamn waiver. But the NFL, I think his bigger gripe was the NFL wouldn't let, let media in for a free agent workout. That's like his biggest his biggest gripe. And the reason I, and, and what I say to him is, when is the last time the NFL actually showed, a pub, showed the public a free agent workout? It's not even that. Let me ask this question too. When was the last time throughout the history of sports in North America has a league orchestrated a free agent workout throughout the annals of history. You can go through, you can go all the way back to the forties with baseball. Major league baseball didn't even do that with Jackie Robinson. Branch Rickey had folders listed out of Roy Campanella. He said he'd be too soft. The people would eat him alive. Don Newcomb. He wasn't ready yet. Satchel page. He was too old. We want a star with the promising future, not a guy with a glorified past. And then they get to Jackie Robinson and that's how they came about. It was in a folder. It was not a giant free agent workout dog and pony show. This is something unprecedented and out throughout the history of sports, in my opinion. And and I and we'll get to that point as well. I think the NFL, and I know we all hate big corporations. We all think they're scum, but sometimes they're not. Sometimes they do have good intentions, right? The NFL went out of their way to set up a workout when they didn't need to for Colin Kaepernick, right? The league office provided cover for teams that wanted to work out cap or were too scared of the public backlash. Right. right? So the NFL provided that veil. And what does cap do? He spits in their faces, essentially. Right. Right? Um, And when you do that, you still think an owner is going to fucking come and sign you? Are you fucking insane, Tom Kaepernick? Like, you spit in their faces. They don't show up to a workout, a job interview. You showed up with that Kunta Kinta shirt. And then you started talking all kinds of shit after the fucking workout. Yep. What was his comments after the workout? You know, I appreciate you. Listen, this is a bad impersonation. But this is pretty much what he said. And he was just like, I appreciate you all coming out. You know, y'all been fighting for three years. We understand. Anybody that's here, I appreciate your support. It means a lot to me. Anybody that's not here, you're in my thoughts. I appreciate your support. I've been ready for three years. I've been denied for three years. We're ready to roll. We'll sign with any team. My agent's here. We want the 32 owners. We want Roger Goodell. They need to stop being afraid. I'm ready to play. And all this other nonsense. He didn't answer any questions, but that is essentially what he said in a 90-minute clip. How can you be this dumb, Colin Kaepernick? Right. And, and I'm not trying to be harsh here, but how can you be this dumb to bully around billionaires? Like, can you not understand that you got to work with these people? Right. You know what and, I'm saying? And real quick, for those that are going to be like, oh, well, you know, the, the, the league really didn't want to do this. Yeah, there's there was a report by Bleacher Report that Jay-Z tw- twisted the screws on Roger Goodell to to have this open tryout for Colin Kaepernick. So, yeah, maybe Jay-Z was behind it. He hasn't come out and said he was. It's just reports. It's, it's almost hearsay at this point. And in my opinion, the NFL side of this was just a giant put-up-or-shut-up moment kind of deal. And to touch on the waivers real quick, there were there were two waivers essentially. So the NFL 
according to them, on Wednesday, sent a waiver out. It was like a two-page document, and it was typically a standard waiver that any combine uh, college player attending the NFL combine got, any veteran free agent that showed up for a team for a workout. You sign it, you release the NFL from any lawsuit if they get injured, blah, blah, blah. But the NFL, in this one, they put this clause in saying, essentially, that this is just a tryout. It's not a guarantee of employment. And we are released from any future lawsuits, uh, you know, attaining to uh, employment issues. I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what the legal document said. And then the Kaepernick camp sent the NFL a waiver that was essentially the same thing, releasing the league from any bodily harm, any issues uh, with injuries. God forbid he drops dead on the fucking practice facility at the Atlanta Falcons, releases them from that. But... It leaves open the possibility that he could sue the league for any issues with employment. That is the issue with this. The NFL says Kaepernick had this on Wednesday, and it wasn't an issue until Saturday afternoon when everybody was ready to roll at the Falcons practice facility. And my thing is... You have this form on Wednesday. This was a sham on both sides. The NFL, like I said, it was a put up or shut up moment. But they didn't have to. They didn't have to do that. But they they did. did. They didn't have to do that at all. And then the Kaepernick camp, a lot of people have been saying this, like the Stephen A. Smiths of the world and the Albert Breers of the world, and I'm drinking that Kool-Aid too, is that this was a a moment for Kaepernick to rub this in the nose of the NFL owners and to make them look bad. And I think even Stephen A. Smith, we were talking about this off off camera, off, off script, uh, that he had copies of the waiver that yep. Kaepernick signed when he was a free agent. Yeah. And it was the same, same form. Exactly. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Minus the employment clause. And I've asked people, is this normal? And for the most part, what I heard is this this is pretty much a normal waiver that Kaepernick got. So it was just a giant, it was just a giant PR move on Kaepernick's part. It was a giant sham move on the NFL. And it's not like the NFL's going out of business anytime so, soon. Listen, here, here's my biggest thing. I think I think I'm I'm mad at the stupidity of Colin Kaepernick, right? And why do I say that? Anytime you have a a dis uh, uh, a disagreement or you're negotiating something, both sides gotta walk away thinking they've won, right? Right. This is a disagreement, a massive disagreement between Colin Kaepernick and the NFL. And both sides distrust each other. And what Khan wants to do is he wants them to bend to his will. How are you going to get 32 billionaires to bend to your will? That's not going to happen. Right. you got to be more tactful in aligning yourself with them to figure out how to solve right. the problem. Right. And to that point, Jay, I mean, listen, you take, take emotion out of this real quick. You're on a job interview. Mm-hmm. I work for a, mil- a million-dollar company. Mm-hmm. You work for a multi-million-dollar company. You show up. You get an like an option, like, hey, we want to come down and we want it, we want you to come down. We want you to interview with us. Are you going to call the shots and say, I want to interview on XYZ location and I'm only going to do XYZ this and if we don't bend to my will kind of deal, who's going to hire you? Exactly. Who is going exactly. – and what, what job in America is going to hire you if you do that to a potential employer? And, like, if I show up at my job – for an interview, and I have a T-shirt that has the name of my biggest competitor, do you think I'm going to be hired? And Who's yeah, that? it's a competitor <laughs> different than a Kunta Kinte T-shirt. Yeah, absolutely. But they're almost one and the same. Mm-hmm. Am I going to get hired at that job? Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. Yeah. 
Well, then let's get to the bigger issue here. I think we're dancing around it, right? Let's be real. Let's be 100. Cap is in the cap business now. He doesn't want to play. I believe his intentions were good in the beginning, but now I believe it's all about building a brand, right? The Kaepernick brand. And I'm going to ask you a question. When is the last time you heard Cap or saw Cap talk about police brutality? Think about the last few times you've seen Cap, right? Um, What's he doing? Uh, Is he raising money? Is he talking to victims? No. He's building his I'm with Cap brand. Right. And I know my rights. And fighting fine. And fighting is, the NFL. Which That's what Cap is known for now. He's not known for social injustice or kneeling. Now he's known for taking on the NFL and I'm with Cap, those jerseys that he's selling. Yep. So I'm gonna finish my comments with how I started them. Right? Listen, I believe in Cap's overall big message, and I hope he makes a dent in the bigger issue of right. social injustice. It's noble. My it's noble. Versus my listen, listen, don't listen, get it twisted. Let, let me finish this. Right? I, I hope he makes a massive dent in the whole bigger issue of social injustice versus minorities. I'm a minority myself. Right? I felt hate as a Pakistani American living in Brooklyn after 9/11 so much so that we had to move from Brooklyn. Right? So I understand what he's trying to do, but I think what he set out to do and what he's doing now is two completely different things, right? And what we saw on Saturday is just Cap trying to build his brand, simply put. That's right. the way I see it. And right. I'm actively rooting for him to never step the foot in the NFL ever again. Right. Like this trial, listen, there's only six weeks left in the season. He's auditioning. Call it for what it is. You can say you can say whatever you want. But this is an audition for a, either a backup job next season. There's only six weeks left in the season. Or, you know, you might be able to start for a team like Chicago or Tampa Bay or some other teams in the NFL. But you completely burned whatever stock that you had. Like, don't say, don't sit there and say, oh, yeah, man, Kaepernick really stuck it to the NFL. He didn't stick shit because he's not going to get a friggin' phone call anytime soon by any owner that's saying, yeah, I'm willing to take the risk. Like, maybe Bruce Arians down in Tampa Bay because Bruce Arians is kind of an out-the-box kind of dude, and that's no shade. He would probably fit well in that offense, but nobody else is going to pick up the phone and have Colin Kaepernick come down and start for their team. What does he not understand? Does he not understand that he has 32 of the wealthiest people in the world that he can talk to and have in his corner to work in his cause? But what does he decide to do? He decides to fight them. Right. How is that going to help your cause? I don't get that. Right. These people have unlimited resources that can help you fight the social inequality and the social injustice, but you decide to take on the NFL. Hell, the NFL. Like you're not you're not fighting injustice anymore. You're fighting the NFL now. Hell, the NFL has that like uh, what is it? How is it's it? like the player coalition, right? With Malcolm Jenkins yeah. and all those people, yeah. uh, you know, that trying to do what Kaepernick started. Like yeah. the first, listen, the first They're one doing it from within. The first one through the wall is always the bloodiest. In this case, Colin Kaepernick is. But the NFL and the Players Union and Malcolm Jenkins and company, they got in bed with this and trying to make changes that Colin Kaepernick wanted. And real quick, for everybody out there, get yourself a friend like Eric Reed. But Eric Reed, I'm going to say he this too. I'm going to say this. You up. are the biggest hypocrite because you're you're pretty much calling. Stephen A. Smith, because that was great Twitter Twitter following from Saturday to essentially this afternoon between Eric Reed and uh, and Stephen A. Smith. He's essentially stopping short of calling 
Eric Reed and Uncle Tom, uh, Stephen A. Smith and Uncle Tom. He's calling him everything else under the sun about the a video Stephen A. Smith posted immediately after this workout. And they were going back and forth on Twitter about this. But, like, you're a hypocrite because you're saying this, that, and the other thing and how Colin's depressed. But you're the one collecting a paycheck a from paycheck. the NFL, from Dave Tepper, from the Carolina Panthers. You're on a roster right now, which, by the way, is bottom third against the run, is middle of the pack against the pass, and has been scorched the last two weeks against their opponents in key divisional games. It is insane how much shade you're throwing when you should be worrying about yourself and your team. You, like, you, you flew down from Carolina to Atlanta to see this glorified workout that was a sham, and then you flew back to play Sunday in Carolina. I think it was, what was it, the Buccaneers, and they got smoked out, or it was the Saints. Either way, it was an NFC South opponent. It wasn't even a close game, and you're still going you know, tit for tat with Stephen A. Smith? Like, you're the biggest hypocrite that I've ever seen. I can't. And I, I, there's a lot that we talked about, but I I just can't get over the fact that he was so stupid in what he did, right? Because you let the NFL off the hook. The narrative before Saturday was, dude, they fucked Colin Kaepernick over. Well, they fucked, well, the narrative before Saturday was, they fucked, the NFL fucked over Colin Kaepernick, right? That was the narrative before. Now it's the narrative. God, he's just as bad as the NFL. Yep. What's the la- what's they been talking about the last three fucking days, dude? They're made for each other. They're fucking both of them are just shams. Yep. You let the NFL off the hook, and now they can do whatever the fuck they wanna. They said, oh, we tried to set up a fucking uh, we tried to set up a workout. He didn't even show up. And by the way, the eight teams that showed up: the Eagles, the Bills, I believe it was the the Jets, uh, Browns, of well. the Browns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there were there were eight out of the twenty five teams that showed up. Eight teams that showed up at this glorified high school. Uh, to watch his workout. None of them need help at quarterback. Yeah, None just, of them need yeah. the Chicago Bears would love a quarterback right now. Yeah. And they weren't even they weren't even at the glorified high school. Yeah. I'm just I'm disappointed in Colin Kaepernick, man. I, I thought he stood for something bigger when this started and I did believe in his cause. And and I still do, man. I, I still, still believe think, in his cause too, I but he's becoming he unlikable. Exactly. And and the thing is though, he 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 sacrificed a lot. He sacrificed money. He sacrificed actually I take it back. He's still he's making a bunch of money. But he sacrificed his career. He, he sacrificed his passion, which I believe he loves football, um, but he he is not more about Kaepernick than about social injustice. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing I'll leave you guys with is think about the last few times you've seen Colin Kaepernick. What is he? Been, what has he been doing? Has he been out there protesting, or has he been out there, you know, trying to raise money or talking to victims? No, it's him building his brand and going against the NFL. That's what Colin Kaepernick is nowadays. Right with his buddy Eric Reed. Eric Reed's a fucking jackass. I don't even get into that fucking topic. Eric Reed. Yeah. yeah. Going after a guy where, let's be honest, let's be completely honest and we can move off the subject. The sp- the media realm, listen, for, for African Americans are prob- is probably not the easiest thing to get through and be the high, one of the highest paid people on television in the sports world. And you're going tit for tat with Stephen A. Smith. And Stephen A. Smith has stood up when needed to stand up exactly. for, for social injustice. And from the rumors out there, he was in that party as well with Jay-Z and the NFL trying to set this up. Yep. 
from the rumors you believe out there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I don't understand how you're going after Stephen A. Smith. And it's insane that I'm actually defending Stephen A. Smith here, but he did nothing wrong his here. His video, his video, I don't agree with a lot of things on first take. His, He was on point was. with that video on Saturday, yeah. and then he doubled down on ESPN Radio yesterday in yeah. first take, and then first take today yeah. with uh, with Max Kellerman, yeah. and then, uh, you know, uh, this cat Bryant. I forget, I forget his first name. But he, he used to be a reporter for the Boston Globe, and I just I couldn't believe some of the stuff I was I, I, I And I thought about this quite a bit. Uh, even before the workout, I was just sitting I was sitting in my hotel room down in Miami, and I was just thinking about this. Like, can he be a backup quarterback? Can I think he, he could. I think can he? Well, physical, yes, yes. Physical, uh, you oh, know, be, gifts, being Blending in with gifts, the furniture, is physical, thinking tyranny said? Physical I don't gifts think so. and football skills, yes. But can he? Can his ego now? Let him sit behind Russell Wilson. Let him sit behind Baker Mayfield. Let, ha, if he's sitting behind Baker Mayfield, do you think he's happy with that? No. There's no the guy, way. The guy took a team to the NFL uh, Super Bowl, right, uh, with the 49ers, and he was one play away from going to a second Super Bowl, right? And you think he's happy sitting behind Baker Mayfield as a backup? No. He's not in it for for football anymore. Yep. And he had a chance. He yeah. he had a chance with the Ravens, and his girlfriend buried he had a chance buried think, the general manager, about, the owner, and Ray Lewis. Think about that Raven organization and how they conformed that whole organization around a black running quarterback. And think about the success they're having now. That could have been Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, and he could have been back with Greg Roman, his offensive coordinator, who brought him to the Super Bowl. I'm just saying, man. No, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not saying, brought. I know, I know they I know, worked together to get I the guy. I know the Super NFL Bowl. gets a bad rap. I know it's easy to fucking come on the airwaves and just trash the NFL for who they are because they're making a lot of money and that causes jealousy and resentment, whatever it is. But you gotta see it for what it is. They gave the, the Ravens try to give him an opportunity. The Seahawks gave him a workout. And it was going to be a legitimate opportunity, as what we just saw with the Ravens and how they're doing with Lamar Jackson. Yep. I'm just saying, man. How much much more can you hit the NFL He wouldn't fit in with Pete Carroll in that locker room? Well, Pete Carroll made a comment that they were down there. um, They were going to watch the the pro pro workout. Yeah. um, But they they couldn't fit into the schedule to make it down to a second workout when it got moved. They just didn't align the schedule. And that's code. And that's code for... Yeah, he didn't show up, so we're not going to fucking go down. Right, right. Jump through hoops. Fuck. Get fuck out of here. You show up for a job, but you don't show up. I mean, come on. Yep. Um, Yeah, man, that that got me really heated when I saw that. I was just, I was fucking furious. Yep. Anything else you want to touch on that, bro? No, I mean, if, if we keep if we keep asking, we're gonna touch anything else you want to touch on. We're, it's just yeah. gonna be the Kaepernick I know, episode. Yeah, I think we should stop. No, that. like if you if you want to hear more thoughts, hit us up. We'll we'll. We could either do an Instagram TV video. We can talk on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. But, like, we, we got to move the show along a little bit here. All right. So my second topic of the uh, the Week 11 storyline is uh, the Miles Garrett situation. Jesus. It's like <laughs> that whole game was yeah. just insane. So to give you a quick setup, um, Thursday Night Football. A rivalry game. Right. Uh, Cleveland versus Steelers, uh, the Browns versus Steelers on Thursday Night Football. Um, it was a very chippy game. A lot happened. A lot of dirty hits happened. But the crescendo of the evening was when there was like four seconds left. Uh, Miles Garrett, in an altercation with uh, Mason Rudolph, decides to take the helmet of Mason Rudolph and swing it at his head. Mm-hmm. And he actually makes contact. Luckily, he makes contact with the bottom part of the helmet and not the crown or the side. Um, but he made um, some significant. I mean, you watch the video. You see he was Mason flush. Rudolph's, yeah, you see Mason Rudolph's face, kind of like 
you know, move or reverberate with the fucking uh, yeah. shockwaves of that hit. Um, and I want to bring that up because I think Miles Garrett needs to be suspended for the rest of the year and into 2020 as oh. well. I think he should be suspended two games in 2020 or maybe one game just to remind him next year of what he did last year. Mm-hmm. So it's fresh in his mind. Just send a message to the rest of the league as well. Yeah, this is last year, and he sat out six games, and there's no playoff games. I don't think six games equates to what he did. Right. I think eight games is a good number. I mean, let's be honest here. Let's be honest. I was talking to our boy, Josh, Haitian Houdat, when when the incident happened. And I saw the video, and I straight up said, he could have killed him. He I'm he could have I'm getting to that. He right? could have killed him. Yeah. And listen, there's there's But no, I was looked at as like, oh you're Brandon, you're being no, dramatic. No, 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 I'm not no, being I'm dramatic. And I'll paint this in a clear picture for the rest of the audience in a second, right? So there is no room in the game of football for such bad behavior. And I have never seen anything so despicable before. Like I've never seen anything that bad in the NFL game. Um and what he did was borderline assault and could have killed Mason Rudolph, right? Um, and I don't want, and I don't think like you know the general audience and the public understands just how bad this was. So I wanted to paint it this way, right? What if you were walking down the street and you saw a man the size of Garrett swinging a pro baseball bat at somebody's head? What would you think? What would you? What would your first thought be like? That dude's trying to kill that dude. Yep. And what if he would connect it? Now, let's say you triple that weight of that two pound bat, right? And you get the six pound weight of an NFL helmet. It's triple the weight of a bat. And if you haven't seen Mason, uh, if you haven't seen Miles Garrett, the dude's built like a brick shit house. Exactly right. So when you take something that is six pounds and you fucking wind up and hit somebody in the head with it, we're not being dramatic. That saying that I could have fucking killed him. Absolutely not. Best case, best case. If he hits him on the crown of the helmet, yeah. cracked skull. Worst yeah. case. There's a homicide mm-hmm. on the 10-yard line at the end of a football game that's eight seconds. And listen, for those of you that are like, oh, well, Mason Rudolph did start it. Yeah, yeah Mason Rudolph yes, he did, did start it. Yes, you want to know why yes, he started he it? You want to know why? I'm not absolving him of no, any of guilt. Not. Of course not. And, and I think Miles Garrett I, came in with eight seconds left on a down, late yeah. hit yep. and, and completely obliterated the kid in a game that was now completely out of reach with eight seconds left. He did a check down at Jalen Samuels. Yeah, Mason Rudolph is going to feel a little a little hot under the collar, and he grabbed at Miles Garrett's helmet. I am not absolving Miles Garrett of fucking anything. You should not be doing that. It's eight seconds left. Just fucking get up, hike the ball one more time, and get off the goddamn field. The issue is, is some people say that Maybe Rudolph kicked him in the groin, him being Garrett in the groin. It, maybe. It depends on your viewpoint. But the point being is Miles Garrett then grabbed him by the face mask, and it wasn't just one tug and the helmet he came off. It a few times. Homeboy had to work at that a little bit, picked it up, and my and Mason Rudolph is going to do, in my opinion, what any other yeah, person would do. Face. Yeah. You're, somebody took something of yours, you're going to try to get your item back. He goes back to get the helmet, and then Miles Garrett goes up and just straight up swings and hits him on the head with that shit. And I was I was on uh, Instagram the day after, and Matt Barnes, you remember Matt Barnes, the NBA yeah, player? Yeah, yeah. He was He was trying to double down, triple down, be like, oh, it's Mason Rudolph and all this other stuff. And he took like a screenshot of of an image where it looked like Mason Rudolph was grabbing Miles Garrett in the junk. Yeah. And I just commented being like, listen, screenshots 
they can tell you whatever the hell it is that yeah. you want to see. But if you watch the whole video, he wasn't grabbing his junk. He was trying to grab his helmet yeah. and Miles Garrett moved. And everybody on that Twitter, on that Instagram page was saying the same thing. He had to take the goddamn photo down. So listen, should I, he have been suspended by Mason Rudolph? No, fine. Absolutely. Listen, I, I, um, I don't understand because in every single game, there's a scuffle, there's a pileup. Every single game, somebody try. well, most games, somebody tries to take somebody's helmet off and try to fight them or whatever it is, right? It happens quite a bit. People try to grab the helmet, try to take it off. It happens quite a bit, right? People try to punch people in the face with a helmet on with a fucking hard plastic shell and a fucking iron face mask. Happens a lot, and I don't think that warrants Mace, uh, fucking Garrett Miles to swing a fucking helmet at somebody's head. No, like I think the the crimes are two completely different crimes, and I and I and I don't understand where all this Mason Rudolph hate is coming from as well, and, and I don't know what to make of it, and I don't want to go down the line of uh, of just maybe race. I don't know if that's, that has that's to do with exactly it. what it is. Like, I don't want to go down that, is. but but like, why is there so much hate for a man that could have almost died? Right. Like, he did something. What Mason Rudolph did, something happens a million times in NFL season. Yep. People do it all the fucking time in pileups where they, let's say let's say he did hit him in the junk. Happens a million times in NFL season. Yeah, have you ever, have you ever fought for a football in a scrum on a fumble? Yep. Happens in NFL. But what doesn't happen in the NFL is somebody taking a six-pound helmet and fucking hitting somebody on the top of the head. That, that thing Garrett did with hitting Rudolph on the head makes... Uh, Vontez Perfect Amish. Oh my God! Absolutely. Perfect. Absolutely. Had, listen, Perfect is unhinged. Yeah. He is crazy. He would be that kind of guy. But Perfect hasn't done that. Mm-hmm. Not even Richie Incognito. And, and and I guess the best has done way, that. And I think there that's why people just don't understand the severity of it is because like they've never seen it before. They don't think they literally do not think Mason Rudolph could have died on the ten yard exactly. line if he so, hit him the right so way. So I want them to think about it this way. Imagine if that bat. That uh, that uh, Miles Garrett was swinging was six pounds instead of two pounds. Do you feel differently now? You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And listen, Miles Garrett has he had has he done things like this in the past? Yeah, with assaulting people. Well, assaulting people no. like this. No, but week one against the Titans, he pretty much punched. Mm-hmm. Uh, Delaney Walker in the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? Week two or three against the Jets? He took out Trevor Simeon. He took out Trevor. Sim- I, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna say like Trevor Simeon fracturing his ankle is just like th- that's just you know part of the game. It, yeah. it happens. Yeah. Did he hit him late? Absolutely. But like I'm not saying but he went ankle hunting. There but Miles he had Garrett. two per- late hits. They were roughing the passer penalties that cost the team like 30 <laughs> yards right there. Yeah. So there is a little bit of a track record. And then last week, he just kicked it into overdrive by assaulting Mason Rudolph. Now, if I had to redo the fines, and funny enough, Miles Garrett is going to have his appeal heard in New York City. Tomorrow, he's going to be attending that in person. If I had to redo the the, the penalties myself, Miles Garrett, obviously, done for the year, done for the playoffs. The, the, the Brown schedule is easy enough that, in theory, they could make a run for the postseason. Do I suspend him in the next year? I might be I with. Do. I might be with you because I might go with not. I I would go the one game. Yeah. I would go one game into the 2020 season. Yeah. That's it. But listen, if 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 it's five games for Albert Hainsworth stomping on somebody's head with his cleats, that's a, that's then six is the floor. I mean, yeah, six is the floor. Eight is more reasonable, and then fucking ten is what I would really want. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. So I'm with you there. You suspend him at least, at least one game into the 2020 season. Just, to say, just at the end of the day, you said a message. 
You know what I'm saying? You can't. I mean, it's common sense. You shouldn't be doing that. Uh, and then Marquise Pouncey, who came, yo, get yourself a friend like Marquise oh, Pouncey. Yeah, yeah. Get, get yourself because Pouncey, listen, yeah. he got suspended three games, but he took one for the team. Like he, he went out there, he defended his quarterback, he threw haymakers, he kicked Miles Garrett on the ground. I liked it. Three games, I might, I might, might knock two. that down to two. two yeah. Two. Yeah. Uh, Oak Joby, did he puss out and push Mason Rudolph? Yep. I would just find him. I probably wouldn't suspend him. And then Mason Rudolph, I would just find the kid. But that's it. That's how I would do the fines. But no, the punishment definitely fit the crime because he could be in handcuffs right now in Cleveland. So Miles Garrett kind of got lucky. He held the helmet the right way. Mason Rudolph had a horrendous concussion like four weeks back. That's the messed up thing. people thought that he might have died on the field. Like he was spazzing. He was losing his mind. Like he was completely knocked out and motionless for a good two minutes. And people thought he died on the fucking field. Imagine if that... Imagine if him hitting the fucking helmet as... uh, Imagine if Miles Garrett's fucking swing led to another concussion. Right. Now, here's the thing, too. Prior to the eight seconds in the fourth quarter, in my opinion, there was a lot of headhunting in this this Browns game, but there was no goddamn excuse. Well, it speaks to the bigger issue of just how loose the Cleveland Browns are, There's no discipline. There's no discipline. It starts with the coach. Kitchen needs to go. Freddie Kitchens did himself in. After that game, even though they won, I think that is what the Browns' ownership will will use to fucking fire him at the end of the season. They will say that is something we can't do. That is something that's against our morals. Let's just fucking wipe our hands and walk away from Freddie Kitchens. Yep. He did himself in. Yep. Do you know what the funny thing is about that game? I actually fell asleep like uh, four minutes in. Like I think like Baker, I think the Browns scored and it was like 21 It was, it was over. Yeah, I mean, it was, over. Let's it, be was, it was a it long was game for me Thursday. I was like, all right, I'm just going to fucking pack it in. I woke up and my phone had like 65 notifications from like Twitter and fucking like yeah. ESPN. And I was like, what the well, fuck I, happened? You know? I went upstairs and I went to lay down. I was ready to go to sleep and Josh messaged me, yeah. the Haitian who dad. And he messaged me and he was like, yo, did you see the Browns ending? He's like, yeah, I went and laid down. I found it real quick on Twitter. And, like, the whole world was fucking blowing up, and I watched it, and I messaged him, and I was like, dude, like, Mason Rudolph could have died. Yeah. He could have died on yeah. the field. And he 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 responded back acting like I was crazy. Yeah. It was like, dude, like, no, I'm, that's that's like a, that's a brick, and you're, like, hitting someone over the head with that shit. Like, dude, you can, you fucking can get, pounds. Like, you could get into a fight. You can get into a fight today. You can go down to Center Street in Shelton. Yeah. You can walk past. Center Street Social, the the Checo Club across the street is an Italian restaurant. Maybe some guy's got his load on. He had a bad day. He's blitzed. He starts getting into a fight with you, and you just try to ignore it. He punches you in the head. You fall down. You could fucking die from just falling down on the ground from a punch. Well, it wasn't a punch. That analogy would make more sense if he had a fucking six-pound bat. Right, but no, just to put in perspective yeah. of how people are like, oh, Mason Rudolph couldn't have died. Yeah. No, like he could have died yeah. from getting hit the right way with the helmet. Yeah. So the punishment fits the crime. His appeal is going to be heard. He'll probably be just suspended into one, two games tops next year. Okay. Cool. Well, it's up to you, sir. What's uh, what's your second topic? My second topic is God, man. Like, it's good to come down to the next topic. Uh, so for my birthday, we found we being uh, you know friends of the podcast, Nicole and uh, her husband Nick, Nick the uh, Nick the Kiwis from uh, New Zealand. Nicola and the Kiwi. They uh they 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 told me about this Dolphins fan bar in New York City. It's called Slatteries. It's pretty much like the headquarters for the Dolphin New York City fan club. Uh, and I went down with uh, with my fiance Tara, Nicole, Nick. We watched the Dolphins Bills game, and 
I mean, the game was close. It was interesting. We lost by 17. It could have been closer. They, In my opinion, they could have won if Alan Hearns maybe caught a pass, if he didn't have long, sleeve, uh, long sleeves on in 85-degree weather in South Florida, and if the ball bounced a couple of different ways uh, in our favor. But it was a good game. The bar was great. Uh, we met this guy, Billy. He was the, uh, the self-proclaimed public relations of the Dolphin fan club. Uh, he welcomed us in, uh, showed us around. He was a, he's a character and a half. Uh, it was it was it was something special. Nice venue. There's a bar. Uh, there's two bars, two floors. Uh, the upstairs section was where all the all the you know the fans watched the football game. Anytime the Dolphins scored a touchdown, they would sing the Miami Dolphins fight song. It was a, it was a great time. I would definitely go back. Uh, they're worth the follow if you're a Dolphins fan at Dolphins NYC. They're also on Facebook, and no, it was a, it was a great time hanging out there. Uh, I just I, I had no idea that there was like a, a, a massive Dolphins following once I moved out of uh, out of New Hampshire because yeah, there might have been like one two people tops yeah. that I would run into in New Hampshire that were Dolphins fans, and since I moved down here four years ago. I like almost every time I go out, if I have Dolphins gear on, bro, like there, there's some guy that's like coming up is just saying fins up. Yeah. I went grocery shopping uh, Saturday the 16th and I had my Dolphins gear on. I'm in fucking Whole Foods. I'm in Whole Foods. The last place I would expect anybody that would have NFL memorabilia yeah. on. Uh, and this lady walks by me. It's like, oh, oh. My husband's a Dolphins fan. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta see if he can find you. Like he, she had the husband find me in the store just to say fins up, dude. Um, it was amazing. Well, like Tom Segura said, people just want to connect, man. <laughs> yep, no matter that's what, a fact. No matter what, people just want to connect. That's a fact. <laughs> you know? That's a that's a what goddamn he fact. He was like in the airport, and somebody's like, "Yeah, I got a uh, furniture store in Denver." Yep. Like, okay, cool, man. <laughs> no, dude, it was it was great though. There was a there was a ton of Dolphins uh, nice. fans at this bar, so definitely. Definitely worth checking out. I'm nice definitely going man. back at some point this year. Nice. So man. we should uh, we should go to that, go down there for the Patriots uh, Finns game. Yeah, week 17. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, you, you you might be carried out in a rail. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you, you strength in numbers, my friend. <laughs> um, well, good, man. I'm glad you had a good time, bro. Happy uh, belated birthday. Yeah. I tested you on Saturday, Sunday as well. But uh, the big three one for the Puma. Yes, sir. Uh, okay, my last uh, week eleven storyline. Jesus Christ, we're forty nine minutes in, and we're <laughs> we're at lucky week for us. It's like six games we're gonna talk about. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So the Patriots update as usual. The pa- the Patriots won seventeen ten over the Eagles. Um, lots of emotions coming out of this game. A lot good, a lot bad. So let's start with the good. The defense got back into shape and powered us to a victory, right? Steven Belichick's unit held the Eagles to 265 yards, and the defense really seemed to be have seems to have rattled Carson Wentz. Now the negatives, right? And the Patriots' offense went back to its bad self, right? I saw for three quarters uh, there was a resurgence against the uh, the Ravens where they moved the off they, where they moved the ball like ease, um, but that was short lived and it went back to bad Patriots' offense against the Eagles. Now the main reason why is because they cannot protect Brady. Simple and put, the offensive line is the worst I've seen since 2014, 2015. I if Brady is getting the ball out in 2.0 seconds or less, it's a sack or some sort of hurry or some sort of pressure. Um, the lack of offensive line protection only um, really allows for short routes to develop. Um, I think I've been beating this for the whole fucking season. Short routes, sure, he's enough time, but the intermediate to deep routes, it's a lost call. Don't even, even try it. Eagles game, that's a bit of a stretch too. Yeah. 
Um, and the and the run game is complete doo doo. Where is Sony Michelle? They are missing Devlin. <laughs> but I think I think Sony Michelle herself has regressed a little bit. Like yeah. he is not the the back he was last year. And I always thought Sony Michelle was a little bit like of an overrated player and is a little too high of a draft pick. And truthfully, he's living up to that way of thinking. Um, I know there's a lot of um, chatter out there about, hey, man, listen, they don't have enough weapons. They don't have enough wide receivers. Listen, I don't think we have the worst wide receiver group on the planet. Um, I mean, Brady has won with far worse in the past, right? Um, it's just a simple matter of protection and protecting uh, protecting Tom Brady. So I was overall um, happy we won, but just like Tom Brady himself, I was discouraged with the loss as well. I see where he's coming from. At the end of the day, we're not trying to just win every single game. We're trying to put a good product out there that wins the Super Bowl, and this offense is not winning the Super Bowl. Right, and like the the messed up thing is, I was watching, I, I, we, we kind of bar hopped after we left Slattery's, and we, we went to another joint. And I was able to see at least the first half of the Eagles-Patriots game. And that Eagles defensive unit, like that front four, that front, front seven, four. they were having their way with mm-hmm. the offensive line. And the one play that stood out to me was the Pats were in the red zone. And Tom Brady, he got the ball. I, I think it was under center. He wasn't in shotgun. And he, it was like a play action kind of deal. He, he rolled out he to his right. He turned around and he was right he, there. He rolled out. And I, as soon as I saw him do the bootleg, I was like, this has bad news written all over it. <laughs> yep. And as soon as he threw the ball, it, it pretty much hit the guy on the Eagles right in the hands and he dropped an interception. And I was like, every time, every time this year, Brady has rolled out specifically to his right side. Every time he throws the ball on a bootleg, it's 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 hitting a defender. It's just whether or not they're going to catch the goddamn ball. Mm-hmm. And th- this offensive line, funny enough, is eighth according to Pro Football Focus and pass protection. Actually, sometimes but there's stats I don't get because I see that shit and I'm like, that's not possible. That's well, that is that is what it is. I I rechecked it twice yesterday in the morning and last night. No, to but see you got you got to look with your eyes at something. I'm point. looking at okay. the I'm looking at it and with the stats that are showing. And the stats that Pro Football Focus use, I don't know how it's eighth, but that's how the math comes out with the pressures and the sacks and and all the stuff. But Brady got hit a ton, and Mohamed Sanu got rolled up. He rolled his ankle. He was banged up. Brady was throwing behind Edelman a few times, and I was looking at some of the quarterbacks that played on Sunday. Now Tom Brady on Sunday, he ended his day twenty six of forty seven, two hundred sixteen yards, quarterback rating of thirty two point five. Uh, and a, uh, a passer rating of 67.3. Jacoby Brissett, 15-24, 148 yards, one touchdown, one pick, QBR of 51.7, passer rating of 76. And Mitchell Trubisky, <coughs> a.k.a. Yep. Mitchell Turdbisky, Turdbisky, to my host, he was 24-43, 190 yards, one touchdown, one pick, QBR of 38, passer rating of 65. And Brandon Allen of the Denver Broncos, his second career start, 17 of 39, 240 yards, one touchdown, one pick, uh, QBR of 62.6, passer rating of 61.9. Like, Brady put up stats of Turbisky. Like, this offense is bad. Like, I don't know... I don't know what I don't if if the playoffs were today like they yeah, they're in deep shit. Listen, they are in deep there's, shit. There's um there's only one way this is going to be fixed and it's a last ditch effort and it all comes down to Isaiah Wynn. 
Now, here's the thing. He was activated today. He's on the 52-man roster. Now, listen, I'm going to say this, and you can say what you want, be like, Brandon, it's the Dolphins. We had the same deal last year and the year before with our offensive line where it's it was a joke, and we were expecting Ted Larson to come back and just be Superman and save this offensive yeah. line. Yep. And that's just not realistic. Yeah, and yeah. Isaiah Wins only had two career games. He's and, played 86 and that's total what I'm snaps. Getting to, right? So that's the only way that it's latched. And the reason why it says a latch, last ditch effort is because there's a good chance it might not work out. You know what I'm saying? Offensive line play is one of the offensive lines is a group of uh, group of men that have to work together, have to communicate well, have to. Uh, Think what the other, they basically have to think for each other when they're sliding protections and yep. basically just, and there's no good synergy there right now. I don't know what it is, man. I think, I think David, I think our center going out, Andrews, in the beginning of the year was a big fucking factor for us. Yep. And I think we're still, re, we're still fucking having issues with that. Yep. No, absolutely. And, and I mean, it's not getting easier. You're yeah, playing the Cowboys. Easy either. I know, and then man. who they have after that? It's, I mean, they're kind of going through the murderous <laughs> road of yeah. the schedule. Yeah. Like, the good thing is we're still nine and one, man. Um, at the end of the day, fuck. I, I guess it's a good spot to be in. But my God, this is. And let's be honest. Let's be completely honest here. Aguilar catches that that pass in the yeah. end zone. It's seventeen all at that it point. It goes yeah. to overtime. Yeah. All bets are off. Like, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, man. Um, it is what it is. Whatever. Anywho, what are we at? Like an hour, and we're getting to game preview. Uh, Fifty-six minutes. <laughs> All right, real quick, Jay. Thursday night football: Colts and Texans. All right, so, AFC South matchup. Right, so the Texans, man. So I don't understand how a team that has looked so good at times looked so bad in a forty-one-seven route against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, in the Houston versus Baltimore game, Lamar looked like a standout, and Watson looked inept and truthfully like a really bad quarterback. Um, he had fucking Tom Brady numbers, right? And actually worse, right? Let me, uh-huh. read, let me read these numbers to you. 18 of 29, 169, 1 INT, and a 9.0 QBR. That is pretty atrocious, right? And that's my bigger problem with the Texans, man. They have some very bad losses, and they're just not very consistent. Now, sure, the offensive line was an issue and allowed seven sacks, but a lot of those sacks were also on Watson. I was going to say, too, out of those long. seven, at least yeah. four are on him. Now, other side of the ball, defense also looked really bad, and it looks like they really missed fucking Watt, man. Um, luckily, they can quickly turn things around as they play on Thursday Night Football in a game that could decide the AFC South. Um, the Colts finally blew somebody out, right? They usually let teams hang around for a while and Nikau wins, but not on Sunday, as they annihilated the Jaguars 33-13. Now, Brisket himself returned from a knee injury, but... Uh, Mostly took a backseat uh, to the stellar play of both the defenses and the rushing attack. Uh, the running backs combined for 264 yards in total. The best running back output from the Colts in 2004. Uh, the defense for the Jaguars held, I'm sorry, the defense for the Colts held the Jags to 308 yards, two sacks, and YNT. Now, the only downside from that win over the Jaguars was. The Colts lost Marlon Mack um, for, I believe, the season. Is that correct? Uh, indefinite. I mean, yeah. at, at best Which, case, he misses yeah. two weeks. So he'll be gone for surgery on his broken hand. Um, and because of that, I'm going to take the Texans 28-21. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, just real quick on the indie side, because he pretty much hit everything I was going to say, short of pet receivers <laughs> not named DeAndre Hopkins need to step up. Uh, Will Fuller might be able to be back for Thursday night. That should help uh, big time. He's a big play threat. He's actually, in my opinion, I think he's got a little bit of a better connection, surprising enough, with Deshaun Watson 
uh, especially going down the field. But the Indianapolis side, yeah, you're, you're missing Marlon Mack, but expect the, the carries to be split between Jonathan Williams. He was the other running back that had like 110 rushing yards last week. Uh, Jordan Wilkins should be able to play this week. And then Naheem Hines, he's the uh, the third down change of pace receiving running back. So expect that workload to be split amongst those three players. I still like the Indianapolis defense. I think they're, they're in my opinion, at least more complete than the Houston side of the ball. <laughs> I mean, once you get past, uh, you know, uh, Whitney Merciless, like, there's nobody else out there that scares you a whole lot. And T.Y. Hilton may be able to come back into this game if T.Y. is able to play that whole aerial attack for the Indianapolis Colts changes completely. Um, the over-under in this game is 46 and a half. Give me the under, but give me Indianapolis on the road. I think I think they cement their their claim to the AFC South with a win. Wow, that essentially puts the Texans out of the playoffs. Yep. Uh, okay, cool. Next uh, game we're going to pick is the Seahawks or the Eagles. The Seahawks were on a bye in week 11, so I guess we can only talk about why the Seahawks are 8-2, right? Um, and it's simple. The stellar play of Russell Wilson, which is at an MVP level right now. Entering entering week 12, Wilson leads the NFL with 23 touchdowns and a passer rating of 114.9. With three rushing TDs, he's accounted for 26 total, 26 total touchdowns. He is on pace for career highs in passing yardage at 273 and completion percentage at 68.5. It's going to be a great um, November, December, um, especially in the NFC West and see how everything shakes out there. Yep. On the other side, the Eagles, man, I know I'm worried about the Patriots offense, but my God, it's not as bad as the Eagles Dang, situation on offense. <laughs> um, and you're right. So glad you brought that up. They can't catch a ball. The re- One of the main reasons is the injuries at wide receiver. Deshaun Watson is out. Alshon Jeffrey is hit and miss here and there. Um, so their their lack of uh, health at wide receiver um, is their main issue. Now, secondary issue is I think I don't think Carson Wentz is playing that great. I don't think besides that one game he had against the Packers on Thursday Night Football, I don't think a game stands out to me where he was actually stellar. And if they were to make any noise going forward, it's going to have to be um, with uh, Carson Wentz, uh, you know, raising his game and kind of carrying the team. All right. How many times was he sacked? Because a lot a lot of those sacks were to me from the eye test from the first half and then replay the second half. That was almost like Deshaun Watson esque. Yep, like yep, yep. he got, he has to get rid of the ball quicker. Yep. Um. So th- the one thing that I do like about the Eagles, man, that front four can get after it. Maybe I was watching a, a bad offensive line getting eaten up by the Patriots. That is making me say that statement. But man, that Eagles front four can get after the quarterback. And <coughs> that's why my upset of the week is the Eagles twenty, Seattle fourteen. Okay. All right. Uh, real quick, just on the the Seahawks side. Uh, they were on a bye last week, but they uh, they may be down their number one wide receiver in Tyler Lockett. Uh, he missed uh, the the rest of the fourth quarter and the overtime uh, victory of the Seahawks last week with a really bad like bone like a contusion like it, it, it was so bad that they, they, they were fearing that his bruise was going to be constricting blood flow like they might have had to open him up and wow. drain some fluids out it was a it was kind of a bad situation he spent the, the night in the hospital out in san francisco uh he hasn't been ruled out yet i don't really expect him to suit up in this matchup uh it's going to be interesting to see what the seahawks do incorporating uh uh, Josh Gordon into this offense, especially coming off of the bye week. He's got a little bit more time to study the playbook. Um, he might be their, th- he's going to be their third best option, in my opinion, as a receiver. If Lockett's able to go, I would go with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Josh Gordon, Jaron Brown, and then insert name at tight end kind of deal. 
the Seahawks defense, they need to step up. Uh, they are, surprisingly enough, their secondary is worse than the Eagles right now. They're 28th in the NFL defending the pass. Uh, the Eagles side... No wide receivers couldn't catch a cold. Like Deshaun Jackson, like you said, is out. Alshon Jeffrey, he may be able to play. Uh, Nelson Aguilar has stone hands. Uh, I I have no faith in a wide receiver or pass catcher not named Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard. Uh, the over-under is 49. Uh, give me the over uh, and give me Seattle on the road. Uh, I just I think Russell Wilson might have his way, especially with uh, – you know, the, the the Eagles can't put up points. And the fucking Seahawks offensive line is not any better. And I think Russell Wilson is going to have a day. Sure, sure, I get it. Um, okay, next game I'll let you pick as well. The uh, the Panthers and the Saints. Yeah, so the, uh, the Carolina side, I mean, I understand why I didn't pick this game. Because there's really not a whole lot to talk yeah. about. I think it's going to be a, a, a massive beatdown of Sean Payton proportions. Uh, the Panthers side, uh, Kyle Allen just – Woof. That's all I could say. 31 of 51, 325 yards, four interceptions. That was a Jameis Winston kind of day last week uh, against the Falcons. He'll be facing a light years better defense, in my opinion, in the uh, the New Orleans Saints. And he needs to cut the turnovers down quick. Uh, McCaffrey, he led the team in rushes and receptions last week. DJ Moore and Curtis Samuels, they need to step up uh, as weapons in this game against the Saints. The talent's there. But I mean, they need to—they need to help Kyle Allen out because the kid can't just throw to Christian McCaffrey every every play of the game. It's looking like my high school football team, where all we did was hand the ball off to Gabe Dano, like that was it, and we didn't win a whole lot of games that way. Uh, the defense, surprisingly enough, is the 19th uh, in total defense so far. Uh, at, they've been a sieve against the ground. They're going to need to find a way to stop Alvin Kamara and Lat Murray. Uh, the Saints side, I think it's just going to be business as usual. Drew Brees lit it up last week. 28-35, 228 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, the Panthers are middle of the pack against the pass, uh, against the pass and this success should continue. Uh, Kamara should be full go. He was recovering from an ankle injury and a, a knee issue, but he looked decent last week. He should get a little bit more run uh, this week as well, too. Uh, and the, the Panthers offensive line is in the bottom third of the league, uh, in pass protection, New Orleans saints, uh, their defensive line is eighth overall in the league and they have 25 sacks so far in the season. I think in my opinion, I would say Cam Jordan maybe gets two, three sacks, three and a half sacks. I think they're going to be able to pin their ears back. Uh, the over under in this is 47. Uh, give me the over and give me New Orleans at home. I just think. Sean Payton's gonna curb stomp these poor these poor guys. Like that's that's all I think. I think he's gonna be on a destruction tour, in my opinion, on Sunday. And to summarize Brandon's uh, soliloquy, um, Saints are just gonna annihilate the Panthers. Yep. <laughs> I'm moving on. Cowboys versus the Patriots. Um, we just detail all the Patriots issues in the uh, storyline segment, so I won't bore you guys with that again. Um, on the Cowboys side. The Cowboys won on Sunday, and it was a nice reminder of just how how good Dak can be, right? Um, He had a great game with uh, 29 of 46 completions, 444 yards, three touchdowns, and an 82 QBR. 
and it wasn't Amari and Zeke shouldering, shouldering the load with Dak. It was Gallup and Cobb and Tony Tony Pollard just emerging as threats, emerging emerging as threats, which now gives the boy some sort of some sort of depth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Had Gallup on my fantasy team. Nice, nice, nice. I was happy. Uh, factor in the Eagles' loss. Uh, I think the Cowboys are now NFC East favorites. Um, so it's all really going to come down to Week 16, which is going to be a great game between Philadelphia and the Cowboys. Um, but there's no way I see the Cowboys going up into New England and beating them. So I'm taking the Patriots, uh, let's say 24-20. You got faith in the offense that ain't there. Listen, shit, they, they, they might change. We're 9-1, man. We're 9-1. It, it might change. <laughs> Listen, y'all are 9-1. That defense is... They're carrying a shit ton. Um, like you said, I'm not going to beat a dead horse about the New England Patriots side. The offensive line is a sieve. The offense is uninspiring. Uh, Tom Brady put up Mitchell Trubisky numbers last week. Uh, they're going to need to rebound fast. They're going against a, a, a high-powered offense uh, in uh, the Dallas Cowboys. And Zeke, he's been in a slump the last two weeks. Uh, he's com- for combined over the last two weeks. He's rushed the ball 26 times. 92 yards and one touchdown. The New England Patriots defense, they can be beat on the ground somewhat, and he may have a chance at getting back on track and rebounding in this game. Uh, Michael uh, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, which one is Stephon Gilmore going to shadow? Like, Gallup had a big game last week, but that's because Darius Slay shadowed Amari Cooper the whole time, and a banged-up Cooper was a non-factor even with Darius Slay shadowing him. You think they would have changed the coverages a little bit. Is that going to continue? Is Gilmore going to continue to shadow? Is he going to move over and he's going to cover Gallup? Uh, there, there are various options that if they want to attack it through the air, they could attempt to, uh, even against this defense here, uh, and surprising enough, the Cowboys, their defense is seventh overall, and they can definitely generate pressure against this weakened offensive line, even if Isaiah wins coming back, whether it's Demarcus Lawrence or you got Robert Quinn looking like, you know, what the Miami Dolphins were hoping they were going to get in uh, Robert Quinn last year when he was on the roster. Or Michael Bennett, he's also on that team as well, too. He's been kind of flying around the backfield. Um I think they could kind of have their way against this offensive line. I think Brady's going to be under duress a lot in this game. And I'm also going to keep saying this. If you're a defensive unit playing the New England Patriots, you need to generate turnovers and you need to score at least one touchdown on a turnover to keep this game close just because of how good the New England Patriots defense is. Uh, The over-under in this game is 46. And I'm feeling a little little spicy. Feel a little little something-something. I'm going to go with the under in this game, but give me Dallas on the road. And also New England is a six and a half point favorite. That's a little, y'all are home, yeah. but there's nothing on that offense that shows me, like I'll give you three and a half, yeah. six and a half's a little much. So well, give, that's, that's faith, right? That's faith and hopefully we can turn around. Give me, give me the under, <laughs> give me Dallas and whoo wee. All right, so next up, uh, Packers versus 49ers. One of the best games uh, Got of, flexed. The, of the fucking slate, right? Um, 49ers are now 9-1, and, um, and I think in the next few weeks, 
we're really going to see if they're a real team or not, right? Um, there's a lot of doubt around this team, but over the next five to six weeks, I think it'll really give us a good indication of who the 49ers really are. Um, they've had an easy start to start to the uh, year, um, but coming up, we got Green Bay, Baltimore, New Orleans, Atlanta, LA, and Seattle. There's a good chance this team could be two and four in the next six weeks. Um, and I still don't believe in Jimmy. That's the reason why I'm saying they they might be two and four. Like, yeah, sure, he's had the last couple of weeks where he had you know great games, um, but there were there were some games this week where the 49ers were winning in spite of Jimmy G. Um, in regards to the Packers, man, dude, what a difference a year makes. Packers are a and two right now, but last year at this time they were four, five, and one, and ready to fucking can Mike McCarthy with all kinds of bullshit coming out of that locker room. Yep. Uh, let's give some credit where credit is due. Aaron Rodgers is playing good. He's healthy. And let's talk about Matt Lafleur, man. The guy has right the ship. He's fucking got this team playing at a and two at some good ball. Um, and then finally, let's also give credit to Aaron Jones as well. He really stepped up this game this year after he struggled last season. Uh, Aaron Jones is producing like a like an elite running back. He's at, he has 14 touchdowns already, which ties one CMC for the lead uh, in the NFL. Uh, I'm taking Packers 35-28 uh, on the road. Okay. Uh, real quick, the, uh, the Packers side, this bye week that they're coming off of, I think this should do Devontae Adams some good. Not only is he going to have another a week off of not having to practice, uh, to recover from a turf toe injury. It's also, it also gives him a chance to try to get back into sync, into rhythm with Aaron Rodgers. His first game back against the Chargers, they were out of sorts. The the week prior, they seemed to get their groove back a little bit. And I think this bye week is going to be just what the doctor ordered for him. Uh, the run defense for the Packers is uh, bottom third in the league. They could have their hands full against Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, Raheem Moster, and, uh, and Wilson forget his first name. He was promoted from the practice squad uh, because of some injuries earlier in the year. Uh, if Matt Breida is able to go for the 49ers, he missed last week with an ankle injury. Uh, he could be really problematic for this Packers uh, run defense. Uh, I mean, especially if they spread out uh, and wide him up either wide or whatever you have Coleman and Breida on the field. It could be super problematic for this team. Uh, and if you uh, if the offense for the uh, the Green Bay Packers does what the Cardinals did and sp- just spread out the entire 49ers defense, that should open up a lot of scoring opportunities for Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams coming out of the backfield. Uh, the San Francisco side, George Kittle missed last week with a in- knee injury. Uh, if he's able to go, Green Bay is the sixth worst in defending uh, the tight end position. If he's not able to go, look for Ross Dwelly uh, to step up again in the red zone. I think he had like uh, two two or three receptions for like 14 yards and two touchdowns last week. He's a big body you can find in the end zone, especially against his defense for the Packers. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, he played last week. He, had a, he was really limited, though, with the rib injury. Uh, look for Debo Samuel to continue to step up in this uh, receiving core. And I'm with you. Jimmy Garoppolo, like they're nine and one, but like he hasn't really, I said this a few episodes ago, Garoppolo, he doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence in me. He's got the happy feet. He's got a couple of costly turnovers over the last two games. He's got three interceptions and two fumbles. 
And a couple of those picks against the Cardinals last week could have cost them the game yeah, big time. That pick I mean, in the he fourth got, quarter almost turned that game over to the Cardinals. Yeah. You know? so, Luckily, the defense came through and had a quick three and out, but that could have been bad. Yep. So Garoppolo, just he needs to cut down on the turnovers. He needs to be smarter with the ball. Uh, the over-under is 46. Give me the over and give me the 49ers at home in this one. <laughs> Okay, uh, Ravens versus Rams, Monday Night Football. Another fucking great game, man. God damn, gotta love the NFL, right? Um, the Rams got a much-needed win versus the Bears Sunday night. Uh, Aaron Donald had two sacks, and the defense held the Bears to under 300 yards and a 17-7 win. Defense was great, but the offense, man, um, is still sputtering. Uh, we finally did have a Todd Filer sighting, though. We had 97 yards on 25 carries and looked just a tad bit like his old self. Uh, like I said, the offense is not the monster of last year, and let's call for what it is. Jared Goff is part of the reason. He's not playing up to par. Yeah. Your thoughts on that? <laughs> You're like, I yeah. mean, listen, like, Goff is bad. Yeah. That offensive line is bad, too. Yeah. I mean, Jason Whitworth is bad. I think uh, John Sullivan retired. Roger Staffold left in free agency to the Tennessee Titans. And, you know, like you said, with with the New England Patriots with the offensive line, it's all about synchronicity and, you know, sliding the protections the right way. And they just don't seem to be that way. Whitworth fell off a cliff. He yeah, fell he off did. a cliff yeah, the did. last couple of games last year that's really showing right now. And... That's that. That's a big root of the problem as well, too. Not uh, getting Jared Goff off the hook. Yeah. He's been bad at times, but that offensive line has been brutal for him as well, too. Uh, the Ravens' offense. Uh, can, so, uh, so let's uh, talk about the other side here. So, the Ravens' offense itself can be breathtaking to watch, man. Literally, every single time I watch, I'm like on the edge of my seat. And Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, is barely beating out Russell Wilson for MVP in my book. Um, you got him second. I got I got uh, Lamar and then uh, and then uh, oh okay okay I, all right Russell's I heard the wrong way my bad my bad uh, he finished the day with 222 yards and four touchdowns in the air and ran for another 86 on the ground and I've never seen a quarterback balance the rush attack and passing attack so well and it's not just like Lamar Jackson's running five or ten yards here and there on a broken play or to try to keep the defense honest running is part of the game plan going in mm-hmm. for the Ravens right uh, now the question becomes can this uh, can this style uh, win them a title this year. That's that's the big question. Um, we'll have to wait for that answer. But this week, I think it'll work. I think uh, Ravens beat the Rams forty-two thirty. Yeah. No. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm with you there. I got. I got. Uh, I have Baltimore uh, winning this game as well too. Uh, it's just Lamar Jackson's a goddamn cheat code. He really is, and man. You Jesus know what? Christ. I mean, he's got two per- two games with the perfect passer rating. It, yeah, I've never seen this in the NFL before. That's the thing, though, right? We've seen running quarterbacks. We've seen Michael Vick who can run but couldn't really throw, couldn't really throw and read defenses. This kid goes into games thinking he's going to run for 100 yards rushing and then throw for another 300 passes. Right, right. I mean, he's he. I think what was it? He hit nine different receivers. I yeah. mean, he got he got Zeth Roberts last week. He got the two tight ends, which always seem to be the go-to options. Like the tight ends, I think, in my opinion, have been the first read options for uh, Lamar Jackson through the air. And then it's the big play with you know the the Marquise Browns of the world, and then the Zeth Roberts in the end zone, and Willie Snead can still take a top off a of defense. And a lot of this is credit to Greg Roman. And I said this in the Kaepernick. You know, epic discussion. Could have been Kaepernick. What Greg Roman, Kaepernick's best years, I think it was like 25 and like, what, 25 and 16? They were under Greg Roman. And then Greg Roman left and then he fell apart. And this is the same offensive coordinator that Lamar Jackson has. And I think I saw a stat today 
that the Baltimore Ravens are scoring, I think it's on like 50% of their drives. They're the highest, like in the NFL, that's the highest percentage ranking uh, of scoring on, on the drives. They're, like every time they get the ball, it's they're scoring more often than not. Uh, like I'm not even going to say any more about the, the Rams. Gurley got more involved. Brandon Cooks may be back from a concussion. Uh, Robert Woods may miss this game. He's still dealing with a personal issue, according to um, to Sean McVay, the head coach. Uh, so this wide receiver core, if Brandon Cooks is able to go, it's going to look like Cooper Cup, Zeth, uh, uh, Josh Reynolds, uh, Gerald Everett, and Cooks. The over-under is 46.5. Give me the over and give me Baltimore on the road. I just I don't have... Uh, I, I don't have a whole lot of faith in this defense against Lamar Jackson, and I sure as shit don't have any faith in this offensive line for the L.A. Rams. And the biggest winner in the trade deadline is the Baltimore Ravens because since they got Marcus Peters and yep. then they got Jimmy Smith back, yep. this is probably one of the best secondaries in the NFL right now. Yeah, that, that defense is super underrated with the Ravens. Yep. Like, we talk about Lamar Jackson and, and the offense, but my God, that defense is playing really well, really good as well right now. I mean, since that Browns game where the Browns dropped like 40 points on them, yeah. that they, they've been, they tightened that ship right up uh, real quick, especially after the trade deadline. So give me the Ravens, keep them at the top of the league. That's that, that. That's it. That's it. All right. <laughs> One hour and eighteen minutes in. Uh, not bad, actually. Getting through those games very quickly. <laughs> no shit. Well, I mean, Christ. Let's uh, let's uh, turn over to you for you to plug it up, good sir. Yep. So plugging it up. So you can follow us on social media via Facebook and Instagram at the Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter PFR Podcast. Follow me. Uh, Dapuma at Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima is at Jay Chima. You can find this episode and previous episodes on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher under Pro Football Radio Podcast. Like, subscribe, download, share, tell your coworkers, get the word out. Uh, if you have any feedback, any questions for a mailbag, be sure to hit us up. On Friday, I'm doing this uh, fantasy uh, fantasy football Friday for any last-minute waiver advice. We're going into the playoff stretch of fantasy football. There's a couple of diamonds in the rough that may help you win your fantasy league because let's be honest – Players on teams like the Giants, like the Jets, like the Dolphins, they may help you win your fantasy league. And we're, I'm going to help you find those diamonds in the rough to help you lift that title up for you. Um, that's all I got for the plugs. What do you got, Jay? Dude, I liked how this week you were, uh, you were like, hey, man, somebody actually thought Puma was like my middle name. Dude, people think the Puma is my legal name. Hey, dude, you should change the Puma. I'm not changing it. Dude, I had to deal with the DMV for my driver's license. I got to go back this week to get my car registered. I'm not dealing with that shit. Could you imagine if your name was Puma Silva? Yeah, no. I'm Hi. good. Your, your card says Puma Silva. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm good with that. <coughs> I'm going to close this up because I have a fucking coughing attack for some reason. It came out of nowhere. Oh, look at you, Adam Schefter, on his first day at ESPN Jeez. with the coughing shit. Jesus Christ. All right, well, thank you guys so much. It's back for you back. We'll talk to you guys next week. Like a deal.